10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host today, Joe Arde, and today I'm your host for Teachers Talk Radio. To talk to you about a very important topic, and the topic I'm going to discuss in today's show is the importance of coaching and mentoring. What does it mean to be a coach or mentor supporting young people from diverse backgrounds? Now, as I said, coaching and mentoring is something that's close to my heart. I'm a former acting head of year and mentor of young people and adults, and I've been very lucky to be in the position to mentor young people as well as coach them. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the difference between mentors and coaches. So I'm going to give you some examples of people who've been life mentors for myself, such as my parents, who've been great as always, and then my career mentors of you know people who worked in the industry, such as uh, Gareth uh, Chillingworth, uh, Trevor Bagg, who was my PC tutor, um, Errol Combray, who's now a head teacher, uh, Eamon Arafai, who is my former head of the department, uh, Mark Martin, MBE, Jules Hall, um, CEO of Ultra Education, um, uh, Sakinda uh, Katura from Tech Girls, and many others who have taken the time to mentor me and help me grow as a person. And these are people I still cannot call upon in today's, uh, you know, walk of life. Now, I'm going to what it means to be a coach and what it means to be a mentor. So, <clears throat> a coach is a person that is involved in the direction, instruction, training of teams and individuals. So, for example, um, my football coach, Tony Slater, when I was young, coached me, you know, how to play with my opposite foot and would spend hours on the training pitch, you know, learn to play with my left foot, even though I'm play right-footed. Um, but he would always coach me in terms of the best way to move on to my left foot if I want to take a shot on goal or how to show someone the weak side of their foot. And these are things that help build me as a person. A mentor is someone who can support, advise and guide you. Mentors take time to know you and the challenges you're facing and then use the understanding and personal experience to help you improve as a person. And having been in the shoes of being a mentor, I've been very, very privileged to be a mentor and in that sense, you know, support the young people of my current school, uh, Woodbridge High School, as well as the previous schools I've worked in across London, in the London area. Now, 
going back to obviously my coach, um, obviously Tony Slater, he taught me to have self-confidence as a, as a person and as a player. Because obviously when you're young, obviously you're learning to play as part of a football team or any sport for that matter. You know, you need someone to coach you and take the time to, you know, give you that, ex- you know, to show you that time and also, you know, experience to support you. Um, taught me, like I said, to play in different positions. So I started off playing in midfield, ended up playing, you know, in as, as a defender. And I can now play comfortably with both feet and ensure that I kept on top of my studies and regularly check my parents about my well-being. And this is, again, very important for someone who was growing up in the mid-90s, you know, having those role models outside the home, you know, help shape the person I am today. Now, when I talk about, that was me talking about coaching. When I talk about mentoring, okay, mentoring in terms of my career and life. Now, my parents have been my life mentors, you know, in the sense that, you know, they mentored me in terms of ensuring that, you know, I always put my best foot forward and, you know, always there to sort of challenge things that I wasn't comfortable with. And this kind of, again, shaped the person I am. I mentioned a little bit earlier about my career mentors, and these are people who have had an impact on my career as an educator. And, you know, these are the people that have helped me grow as an individual. So starting early out in my career, you know, back in 2010, right until the present day now. And again, as I mentioned, these people are still call upon for advice. Having been a mentor to young people myself, I've seen the benefit firsthand or the impact that I've had on a young person, especially dealing with young men that might be slightly misdirected. You know, I needed that role model, that guidance to explain to them this is the way to behave. I was very fortunate in my current school that, you know, I was involved in a mentoring program that allowed me to, you know, mentor these young uh, men one-to-one and talk about their aspirations and goals and what they want to achieve in life going forward. So having been mentored myself as a young person and been in the shoes of a mentor, this is something that I'm, you know, very, very passionate about mentoring and also coaching the next generation of, you know, young people. Saying that, I also coach uh, teachers as well in regards to, you know, the computer science curriculum as well. So I'm putting on, I suppose I'm very lucky to have both hats and both shoes, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to coach and mentor people. So <clears throat> that is what a coach and a mentor, the difference between the coach and the mentor is. A coach is again someone that gives you direction, training of teams or individuals. And a mentor is someone that supports and guides you. I suppose as teachers, we're very lucky that we have coaches in the form of our, you know, senior leaders that, you know, give us CPD and guidance on how to, you know, you know, be best in the class in terms of our teacher learning or behavior. Mentor is someone that sits down and talks to you, which is, for example, my line manager who sitting there mentor me and say to me, right, well, you know, what do you think about doing in terms of your career? Um, where do you want to go? And these are the things that help us as individuals. Now, I'm sure many of you who are listening today have been coaches or have been mentors in the past or currently are coaches and mentors now and may have received some form of coaching and mentoring. You know, and what I will say to you is that it's made me the person I am today. So... What I'd like to do now is to follow after the adverts, I'd like to use my first guest, which is James Adu, who is the CEO of Inner Scope um, Coaching Program. Need support with your phonics teaching? 
Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Right, good evening, James. Um, thank you for so much for joining me today for obviously Teachers Talk Radio, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Uh, I'm just going to ask you a question. Can you please tell us your name and a bit about yourself, please? So my name is James Adu. I am I'm honoured to be um, founder and lead coach at Innerscope. We are a coaching company that works with learners and leaders nationwide. Yeah. Brilliant. And now you talked about your role in education. Can you tell us a little bit more about what sort of what is the day-to-day -day operations of Innerscope like? You know, what is it like going into schools? What is it, you know, how do you spread your magic? You know, how do you encourage those young people? Yes, yeah, so interesting question. Um, right now it's very, very busy. I'm, I'm kind of trying to see if there's a, a saw sharp enough to split me in two, but I'm yet to find this on Amazon. But um, on a day-to-day, -day, what does it look like? So I'll speak about today. So today, for instance, I was working with um, a cohort of students in, with, um, at a learning trust in the Luton area. Um, absolutely love. So we rounded up the programme today but we take students on a journey where essentially we are, I like to say we equip them with a robust skill set that helps them navigate their learning and their professional lives moving forward. Um, I think we also do pride ourselves in a sense that the content and the concepts that we equip students with um, help them navigate not only their learning, but, but their, their, their lives as well. There's certain tools that they can use in the classroom and out. And for us, it's a win when we get an evaluation um, where students say, I'm not only going to use this particular tool for my learning, but but for when I leave school and just my life in general. So um, practically, that's going into a school, um, either delivering keynotes with um, whole year groups or delivering delivering our coaching um, programs. Usually that's of a cohort of students of anything from 16 to 32. And then we go through um, yeah this journey where we're just equipping them questioning them as coaches do, challenging them, supporting them. Um, and of recent, what's been taking up a lot of, of, of my time, which I really enjoy is working with the passionate professionals that work with them actually. So I do a lot of work. Um, I've got a background in um, conflict resolution, team communication and leadership development. So um, that's been really fun actually, because it means that you kind of get to work on both sides of the court, yeah. And that's fantastic. And I think that's really, really important, especially with conflict resolution, you know, it's very, as we've all come back from the pandemic, you know, a lot of young people tend to be more and more of a conflict within themselves because it's been nearly two years since they talked to another person. So, I mean, James, you're doing some fantastic work. My qu next question for you is this. Obviously, our topic today is talking about the importance of coaching. Yes? Yeah, yeah. In your opinion, what does it mean to be a coach supporting young people from diverse backgrounds? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, when I, what does it mean to be a coach for me? It is... It's a variety of things. It's a critical friend. It's a, an effective listening ear. It's a skilled helper. Um, it's someone that walks alongside those that are navigating, yeah, their learning and their lives. 
and creates a safe space where students can navigate how they're applying themselves. And I think uh, I, I say the safe space within intentionality, because we, as we know, a big part of youth, um, young people development at this particular stage is them kind of working out their social identities. And a lot of that can be masked with insecurity and, and bravado. And so that's why we're quite intentional, actually, that we coach them in pairs, because it kind of like shuts down this need to kind of perform um, just a, a little bit more. And then what you get is a little bit more of an authentic expression of themselves. And, and from that place where we're able to provide, as I say, support and challenge to them, critique, problem solving spaces for them to navigate their, their learning. And, and I think for me, that's, that's what, um, what it means to be a coach as well. And I, another, I guess another strand I would add is that which distinguishes coaching from mentoring, actually. I think in one sense, you can say coaching is, is, is teasing out, teasing out the learning, not always necessarily teaching, but creating a space where learning can take place. And mentoring is more so, it's a bit more didactic, it's a little bit more input focused. So we do, we do um, occupy both spaces, you can say with the work that we do with both um, students and staff teams, but we do pride ourselves as, as coaches, definitely. Yeah. And obviously with coaching, obviously it's a skill you're teasing out of these young people. In your opinion, you know, how do you think the young people benefited from your, your coaching? You know, yeah. how have they benefited in your opinion? Have they stepped out themselves? Have they become a different person? Yeah. That's a great question. It's so interesting. I remember working with a school in South London, actually, mm. Tulse Hill sort of area, and we did a Key Stage 3 programme and it was interesting, actually, because a key aspect of our work is applied emotional intelligence. And then we got these, um, there, was, there was this theme in the evaluations where the students were kept on saying, I feel braver after the coaching. And I don't talk about bravery much in the coaching or that's not you know, one of the, the themes we explicitly lean into. But we, I just found that quite fascinating that essentially they identified this sense of, of confidence, basically. But in terms of like key themes that come out of the of the, 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 the evaluations, one that always um, encourages and fascinates me really is that you can tell that the students really appreciate um, the opportunity to be effectively listened to, and I think that we can often um, we can often underplay how significant that actually is, um, and so yeah, students appreciate being listened to. And as a result of that, it means that now there's a space where they can kind of reflect on how they're applying themselves and seek to find solutions so that they can move forward um, with a skilled ear and a skilled questioner being there in the shape of, of my team, really. Um, so so that, that sort of stuff comes out of, of the evaluations. Um, I've received some evaluations today. A key thing that comes out, um, we had, I think we had it twice today in the evaluations. I looked at it with a head of year. Um, this theme of looking at school in a different way that that comes up um quite a bit as well yeah and in regards to what you said looking at school before how do the young people you coach look at school in a different way how do they look yeah. at how do they view school yeah that's a great that's a great point so <laughs> there's just as you're asking these questions i'm just thinking of all these conversations that i've had i'm just like i'm just letting the conversation flow yeah, no, i'm loving it i'm loving it i'm loving it um so basically I think one of the key themes that comes out, which is quite interesting actually, is sometimes I'll be working with students. It's happened actually. I remember delivering a group coaching session and there was this awkward silence as I was delivering. And I'm thinking, is there something in my teeth? Is like, what's, what's going on? I don't. 
and 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 one of the students was honest enough to say sir like I get that you're coming into work with us all of that good jazz there but effectively he goes on to ask like what's what's the point basically what's the point like there's so many ways to thrive in this digital age was the underlying question he was asking there's, the world is always changing who's to say the education that I'm receiving now is of any benefit to me um, later essentially was a question that he was asking and I can tell that when he asked that question the question he asked resonated with his cohort they they didn't say much but you can tell that they were in agreement with the notion that he was putting across. So he was more or less the leader of the of the pack then. He was yeah, the, 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 yeah. spoke, the spokesman for the for his for his cohort. Yeah, was basically say ask the question that everybody was kind of asking in their minds. He was just the only one that was, I guess, big bad bold, bold and brave enough to ask the actual question. And what came out of that is what I like to call the the unwritten curriculum this reality that yes, there is um, a knowledge-based curriculum that students are to contend with, but then quite equally, there are the nuances of interpersonal skills, managing your emotions, being able to work with people that don't agree with you, people that are from different backgrounds to you, being able to relate to not only your peers, but professionals, all of these valuable and essential skills and qualities that are in high demand in the working world. So, that's what at Interscope we call that the unwritten curriculum and, and, and associated with that is applied emotional intelligence. When I was trained as a youth coach many years ago, um, Daniel Goldman's seminal piece on emotional intelligence was on the reading list. And for me, when I read it, Joe, it was, it was like, it was like, <laughs> it was, I always say it was like when you're watching The Wizard of Oz back in the day and it goes yeah. from black and white to colour. And you're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm yeah. seeing things in a different more more, exactly. more the, light, the light bulb moment the one that's like, <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah. it was definitely that and so essentially that's how they school see start to see school in a different way we we talk about um students speak of like starting to transition from seeing their teachers as enemies to seeing them as allies them starting to see revision as something um something that you know they used to attribute to the neeky or geeky students to something yeah. that is going to help them execute on their why and where they want to go so, um, but one, if I was to summarize that answer more succinctly, we encourage students to see the whole learning experience as a leadership enterprise, actually. Um, it's great that we get to work with, with learners and leaders. And um, a big part of my work is helping learners to see that they're leaders and helping leaders to realize that their leadership um, is enhanced when they continue to see themselves as learners. So when we work with students, actually we encourage them to remember that actually, well not even re remember, but realize that their whole learning experience is a great testing ground for them seeing themselves as leaders, you know, being able to navigate relationships effectively, being able to have a goal and, and apply yourself to a goal, being able to, to um, yeah, to have you know, put in place an action plan. All of these things here are essential skills for, for leadership in the working world. Um, so that's another transition that students take, just seeing themselves just as learners, but then also seeing themselves as leaders as well. So in a sense, beyond the four walls of their school, looking past post-16, which mm. actually leads me to my next question. So what advice, yeah. going back in time now, would you give yeah. a 17-year-old version of yourself yeah. based on today's topic in regards mm -hmm. to having a coach or being part of a coaching program? What would you say to a 17-year-old self right now that is sitting in front of, sitting in front yeah. of you? Are you... Yeah. Would you say, is it worth being a coach? Is yeah. it worth being part of a coaching program? What would you say to your 17-year-old self? 
So I would was funnily, funnily enough, at the age of 17, I would say I definitely had mental figures in my life, had amazing mental figures in my life. I was uh, I had a, um, a youth club that I would go to, that I know was, um, uh, there was a few amazing youth workers um, that were like mentors to me at my church. There was amazing examples. I came from a predominantly single parent household, so it was great to see like being in a space where there was, um, yeah, just like, yeah, men that were like really... Um, Doing, wanting to do right by their families and and you know wanting to have an ex, um, leave an impression on the next generation and that had an, an, an indelible impact on my development as a young man so to my 17 year old self I'll say you know I would I would I would caution them to be wise about who they might want to give the privilege and honor of inputting into their lives as a mentor or coach but I would definitely encourage them to receive that particularly at the age of 17 110 percent yeah. No, exactly. I mean, we've all been there. Like I said, you know, I had friends, you know, who were from single parent families. And what we realized growing up in South London, we became like a bit of a brotherhood. We were from the same area. So we yeah. always kind of watched each other's back. And, you know, and then we grew, as we grew up and went our separate ways, we still talk every now and then. And, you know, it's interesting when we talk about experience of people mentoring and coaching us, you know, and the yeah. impact they, they still have on our lives to this day, you know. Totally. So, as you know, Black History Month is just obviously finished recently. However, yeah. why do you think it's important to coach people from diverse backgrounds? Why? Why is it important to coach people from diverse backgrounds? Because from someone who's from a diverse background, myself, I've been very lucky to be coached, you know, and I've been coached by people who, who are from a, from not from a black or Asian black, I'm from a white background, from all backgrounds. But why is it important, in your opinion, to coach people from diverse backgrounds? Yeah, I think it's important for a variety of reasons. So as it, from, in terms of the executive coaching arm that I do with middle and senior leaders, the reality is when we think of the coaching sector as a whole, unfortunately, it's not very diverse in terms of coaches, basically. Um, so that means that if you are of, you know, the, the global majority, the likelihood of you being coached that by someone that looks like you is very minimal. Yeah. And, and so that's why I think, actually, that's one of the key reasons, actually. I think there is, there's definitely instances where there, there's value in being able to, I guess, navigate things um, with somebody that actually might have, I guess, an inherent understanding of your lived experience to a degree. So I would say that's that's really important. Um, and I just think it's important to coach people from from different backgrounds because it adds to the vitality and and the perspectives and the and the variety of possibilities that could be explored. Um, because there's just a variety of perspectives that are, that can be shared and 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 um, an exchange that can take place. That, that makes for more of a, a vibrant and dy dynamic discourse, you know? So yeah, that's what I would like. So would you say in your opinion that you've learned a lot from people from different diverse cultures? You've, I, I use the phrase, you learn something every day. Would you say you've, you've been that mindset now as a coach? Yeah. Well, as in learning something new every day? Yeah, when you meet people from uh, diverse backgrounds. Totally, totally, totally. And I, and I yeah, I, I, I definitely value that. I think I definitely value hearing different perspectives and again I think with the the conflict resolution element I think that that's definitely something that um you know is really encouraged in terms of just being willing to yeah look at the world through someone else's some, someone else's shoes basically yeah and I think that's very important looking at things from a different perspective because it helps you to understand a bit more you know of that young person how they see things you know and as I educate myself that's what I try and do I try and put myself in the shoes of a student when I'm teaching a lesson how would that student feel if I'm delivering it this way, you know, and how would they feel if I'm talking to them in a particular way? So I, I, I agree, I agree hundred percent with that, James. And 
as I said, we're both men of music. We both probably love our music. So yeah. I've got a question for you. <clears throat> as you know, music's been a way to keep us happy during the for our mental health during the lockdown, the pandemic, and beyond as we're mm. post-recovery. So my question to you is this. Can you tell the listeners you reckon, recommended music track of the week and why? So wow. what would you... What would be your go-to music track of the week that you recommend listeners to listen to and why? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a great, great, great question. So, funnily enough, I can, I can, I can approach this from a variety of levels, actually. Um, uh, one thing... Feel one free, thing, please. Feel free. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I think for me, yeah, um, a lot of my friends know that I'm, I'm, t- I'm totally in love with lo-fi music. And there's a particular producer called um, Kyle McAvoy that I listen to and it's like instrumental um, lo-fi hip-hop yeah. and it, for me it's like great for the car it's great around the house I listen to it when I'm having quality time with my son when I have friends over there's lo-fi like people like my, my peers my people know me for James is always listening to lo-fi so so that's definitely that's a style of music that um, I listen to and and that particular artist called um, Kyle McAvoy and then my fave tradition as well for me um, there's an amazing group called um, Maverick City Music and their music definitely helps me navigate the pandemic as well. So, um, some lovely songs from, from them as a, um, yeah, like gospel singers. That's And I listen to that sometimes in the car as well, or at the beginning of my day as, as well. Um, and then who else? There's an amazing, um, there's an amazing instrumentalist called um, Andy McKee and he plays the guitar in ways that no one has seen. And again, like, um, yeah, you notice that, again in the car <laughs> I listen yeah. to this keeps me calm helps me re- helps me not you know react it helps me we speak about with, with the young people it helps me respond and not react basically yeah as I'm driving. <laughs> and, that is, and that's interesting you hear that because obviously you you need that that music to keep you going you know and you know I come from you know my grand runs are in church and I sort of come from that background you know so I know about the gospel music and you know, I know that you'll see that, you know, I listen to all types of music, you know, depending on what mood I'm, what I'm doing. If I'm in the gym, I'll listen to something that'll get me pumped up. Yeah. If I just want something easy yeah. listening, let's see, listen. Yeah. So music is a beautiful thing and, you know, it keeps us happy, you know, yeah. it helps us relax and like it's a way to, you know, recover from the pandemic, you know, and thank you for sharing those, those music. I can't wait for listeners to listen to that. And like I said, what, obviously, um, James, I would like to say thank you so much for your time. You know, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I've learned so much from you today, you know, and I hope the listeners are listening and will learn so much from yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Can I round off with a nice little poem? Of course you can, James. I'd I'd love to hear your poem because I heard, I'd like to say thank you for the shout out, by the way, on LinkedIn, by the way, about the poem. But please run off with a poem. It's a beautiful thing. So this is a poem that I I, um, I wrote, like, during the pandemic, basically, to encourage students um, to keep navigating. And it's called A Pioneer's Perspective. And this is how it goes. It says, um, I want to invite you to have a pioneer's perspective. Being one of those students that are proactive and yet reflective, holding on to your goals, don't allow them to be neglected because you have a powerful why that's not to be messed with. I want to invite you to stay focused. Because we're living in times where so many people seem hopeless. Have you noticed? Well, I hope this gives you food for thought. So take note and take notice. I want to invite you to realise that you've got gifts to actualize or strategize. I'm just here to catalyze. It's up to you to maximize or play to win. You owe it to yourself to put the effort in. And once you lean into your strengths, those dangerous doubts will never win. I want to invite you to move from intention to action. See, we know that you can prove that you can make this happen. 
We invite you to soar is the challenge accepted. We want to see you move forward with a pioneer's perspective. That's a pioneer's perspective. Thank you, James. I'm so blessed to hear that. Thanks so much. And I can't wait for the listeners to hear your amazing poem. And hopefully we'll meet in person one day. At yes, my school, yes, it'll be lovely. You know? It'll be lovely. It'll be great to come over to your school. Now, nah, nah, well, I look forward to seeing you, you know, in person, you know. So, James, thank you so much for your time. I'm very fortunate and very lucky to have you. I'm going to stop stop recording in five, also five, <laughs> three, two, one. <laughs> thank you. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Megan Goods. This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. A worrying trend on social media app TikTok has seen teachers across the country targeted in videos. The content contains unfounded allegations of sexual misconduct and uses offensive insults and homophobic slurs. The social media company has been written to by the Association of School and College Leaders, who demand TikTok take immediate steps to remove the content. Jeff Barton, the General Secretary of the ASCL, has spoken out, saying he is deeply concerned that a number of offensive and defamatory videos have been posted on the TikTok platform targeting members of school staff. Although these posts appear to be in clear contravention of TikTok's community guidelines, it appears that, in the majority of cases, no action has been taken by TikTok to remove them after a complaint has been made. The union has written to TikTok demanding it take immediate steps to prevent posts of this nature appearing on the platform. Barton continued, saying material of this nature is deeply upsetting for the school and college staff who were targeted, and we strongly urge those responsible for this material to desist immediately. School and college staff have worked tirelessly and in extremely difficult circumstances throughout the course of the pandemic. Imagine how they feel to be the subject of spiteful and nasty videos on a social media platform. Those responsible should show more respect, and TikTok should show more care. The videos that feature pictures of teachers, videos from school websites or YouTube channels, and photoshopped images have been viewed millions of times. TikTok has responded with a statement, claiming, Our community guidelines make clear that we do not tolerate content that contains bullying or harassment, statements targeting an individual or hateful speech or behaviour, and we remove content that violates these guidelines. That was your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. 
To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Welcome back, guests, and thank you, obviously, for listening to today's show. As we always do, we tune in and we talk out and Teachers Talk Radio. <coughs> now, in today's show, I have a very special, special guest. Now, this guest will obviously kindly introduce themselves, but I have had the pleasure of working with this individual during my time at Woodbridge High School and continue so. So, <coughs> I'd, like you to, I'd like to please introduce today's guest, and his name is Mr. Fahim Khan. Joe, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Good afternoon, Fahim. Thank you so much. Where can we start? First question I have for you is this, sir. Can you please tell us your name and a bit about the good work you do yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. So as you say, my name is Fahim Khan and I am um, a deputy head teacher and head of safeguarding at Woodbridge High School. But also about three years ago, Myself and some other teachers in East London started um, started a social enterprise that works with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds uh, to increase their access to top universities and competitive careers. But also, we work with them to empower them to stand against all forms of hate, intolerance, and extremism, and uh, support them in going back to their home schools and doing positive work through setting up social action groups and supporting other vulnerable groups. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's kind of answered my second question about your role in the education industry. And I was wondering, can you tell the listeners, obviously you talked a little bit about your organisation, but what I'd like to know, what <clears throat> made you decide to set up your organisation? What made you sort of get up one day and say, well, you know, we're going to set up this beautiful organisation. Can you please tell us a little bit more? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Uh, you know, I, I've been in education for 15 years. <clears throat> I got into education to help young people, uh, and I've had the, the privilege to do that. Um, but in my own experience, I found that the higher you go in education, the less direct contact you have with kids. And so as, um, as I became deputy head a couple of years ago, I wasn't getting enough face-to-face -face time with the young people uh, that really inspired me to get into teaching in the first place. And these were the young people that although hardworking and although committed, didn't have the infrastructure around them to allow them to be as successful as possible. And that infrastructure includes perhaps parents who had gone to university, perhaps the right connections to get work experience opportunities, perhaps uh, access to the light, right language to write impressive personal statement, uh, uh, excuse me, um, uh, personal statements for UCAS. Um, and so, and all of that reflects my own demography. I only uh, immigrated to the, to the West when I was 11 years old from Pakistan. And so when I first came, you know, my parents didn't speak very good English, neither did I. Uh, they didn't really understand the school system. They certainly didn't have friends that were lawyers and doctors and, uh, and other kind of professions in that way, the way they could arrange opportunities for me. And, and so really after 15 years of, in education, I wanted to do something directly that allowed these young people to access these opportunities, the young people that perhaps needed it most. Thank you, Fahim, and that's wonderful. And I said, I've been very, very fortunate to be invited to speak on your amazing program on more than one occasion. So my next question for you is this. Today's topic is the importance of coaching and mentoring. What does it mean for you being a mentor, supporting young people from diverse backgrounds? 
Um, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, first of all, Joe, thank you so much for coming and speaking on our program. As you know, your session was so well received by the young people, and I look forward to doing it again this year. Um, but your excellent question about mentoring, you know, for us, Joe, it's all about relationships. You know, that really is the defining factor when it comes to uh, whether a mentoring relationship is going to be successful. And as you know, <clears throat> excuse me, as you know, Joe, one of the core priorities of our program, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the core priorities of our program is to work with disadvantaged students, whether they're disadvantaged by their race, ethnicity, religion, socioeconomic class. And so for us, it was really important that the mentors reflect the young people that they're mentoring. And I, I think the power of shared characteristics and the power of a shared story and a shared experience adds a level of credibility and a level of trust that you really do need there for mentoring to be effective. So our philosophy is about pairing the right young person with the right mentor and where possible making sure that they have a shared demography and also a shared experience and then uh, really scaffolding it around that uh, in an organized and, and um, uh, kind of laid out way. And, and we found great success with that over the last few years. Thank you, Fim. Thank you. Uh, my next question for you is this. Why is being a mentor so important for the current generation of young people? And as you know, a lot of young people have been suffering due to the uh, pandemic. So why is, the mentor being, why is the mentor so important for this current generation? <clears throat> you know, I think mentoring is one of those few things, I think, Jill, that can really change that can really change somebody's life. I mean, it certainly did for me. I had some, some really effective mentors when I was growing up. And as I say, they were able to give me the, the counsel and the support and the advice and the insight that my parents weren't because they were newly arrived immigrants and because they didn't understand the system or have a grasp on the language. So I think what mentoring can do is one, develop you as a person, so develop your confidence, develop your aspirations, uh, and two, it can really open some doors for you. You know, sometimes all you need is someone to tell you, yes, you can, and yes, it is possible. So for instance, we take our young people to the University of Oxford every year on an aspirational trip. And many of our young people said to us on that day, no one has told me that this is a possibility for me until this day. No one in my whole life has said to me, you could apply for Oxford or you could apply for Cambridge. I thought that was for a particular kind of person and you know, in terms of advantage and demography and et cetera. So I think the power of mentoring in changing life trajectories and helping secure life chances cannot be understated. Now, thank you so much for that advice. And Fahim, as I said, from one person who, to another who has been a mentor and has received mentorship, I think it's important that young people get the opportunity to believe they can have dreams and aspirations. You know, and I think we all were young once, we all were young people once, and we all benefited from someone who mentored us and gave us that opportunity to have aspirations and dreams of being successful. My next question for you is this. What advice would you give to a 17-year-old version of yourself based on today's topic we have talked about in today's show. And would you encourage that young person, that younger version of yourself, to appear on, uh, on, in a mentoring program, such as the Future um, Leaders Program UK? Wow, that's a good question, Joe. Uh, wow, and it's a question that I ask the speakers on my program, as you know, um, but I've never had to answer it myself. So thank you for that. Um, well, there's so much I wish I could tell my 17-year-old self. Uh, but I think that the main thing I would say is anything is possible. That's the message I wish I had heard when I was 17, that yes, you can, and anything is possible. 
and doesn't matter what your starting position is, it doesn't determine your end position. And I think, and this is why we work with uh, young people around the age of 17, because it is such a critical juncture in terms of their long-term prosperity. You know, they're applying for UCAS, they're choosing universities, they're choosing courses of study. It's in that moment that they need to be told, yes, you can be aspirational, be brave, you know, have a growth mindset, reach for the stars. And, you know, if you can get them to, to buy into that, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. So I wish I knew that anything was possible. And but in a really believable way, in a way that I believed it, that I bought into it and that was supported with the right support and access. No, and, that, and that's amazing. And as I said, I'm a firm believer, but it's not all about where you start, it's about where you end up. And that is something that I preach to the students that I teach at Woodbridge High School, you know. And I want them to, I always encourage them to have aspirations, to have dreams, you know. Why not be the best? There's, you know, there's nothing wrong with dreaming and working, to, working hard towards those dreams. As you know, Black History Month has just finished and it's behind us in the month of October. In your opinion, why, is, why do you think it's important to be a mentor supporting people from diverse backgrounds? It's an excellent question again, Joe. And as you know, 80% of the young people we work with on the Future Leaders Program uh, identify as coming from BAME backgrounds. And I think mentoring is particularly important for those that come from minority backgrounds, not just BAME, but also LGBT um, and also those with disability, because I think there's not enough role models out there for these young people to see on TV, to even see, you know, in, in the and the adults that they're surrounded by, whether that's teachers and youth workers and others, there aren't always role models that they have access to that look like them, that talk like them, that sound like them. And I think that's really, really important. So, and this is where the pairing of the mentor and the mentee becomes critical. I think it's particularly important to deliver interventions like mentoring to those that come from minority backgrounds because they are not getting that support anywhere else. They're not seeing doctors and lawyers and, and teachers that look like them necessarily on TV or in the real world. And so the power of mentoring and helping them see those possibilities and aspire to those possibilities becomes even more critical. Thank you so much for him. I've got a, cup, a question for you. And my question to you is more or less to our colleagues as well. What advice would you give to our colleagues about becoming a mentor? <clears throat> Do it. Absolutely do it. Do it as quickly as you can. You know, I think, Joe, uh, you get more out of it as a mentor. You know, you probably get more out of it than the mentee does. You know, it really is a win-win situation. And, you know, currently I'm kind of doing both. So I am being mentored um, by somebody. Um, in fact, I have, a, I have a, a number of different mentors that are mentoring me in different areas of my, my personal development, my professional development. But also I am mentoring lots of young people. Um, and so you know, I'm kind of experiencing both as I speak. And really, the, the benefits and the rewards you get out of mentoring someone else um, are, are significant and are, you know, we talk about kind of happiness index and we talk about having a sense of purpose and satisfaction and that these are the things that really make us as human beings happy and feel valued. And I can't think of any exercise that provides that more so than helping a, particularly a young person, particularly a disadvantaged young person, finding their way uh, on their journey uh, in terms of self-actualization. So I would highly, highly recommend anyone listening today to get involved. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. You know, if you're a teacher, you're doing it every day anyway. If, you, if you're in another profession, you know, seek out a young person that needs your help. They're all around us. You know, strike up that conversation, see how you can help them. It can be as formal, as informal as you need it to be. But the benefits to both parties involved are endless.
And thank you for him for your fantastic answer. And also what I'd also encourage as well, you know, is many young people to become mentors as well, because I believe that the current generation of young people can learn from each other. And I've always said this, young people are the best teachers for each other. My final question to you for today is this. Finally, as you know, music has been a way to keep us happy for our mental health during the lockdown pandemic and beyond. So my question to you is, Fahim, can you tell the listeners your recommended music track of the week and why? Oh, goodness. Good question. Good question. Oh, I've got so many songs right now that I'm loving. Um, you know what? I was uh, getting a haircut the other day and uh, my, uh, my hairdresser is very young. He was about 21, 22. And we were talking about music and he recommended Dave. Um, as I think it's Dave Santander. And yeah, I, Dave, yeah. And I've been listening to, to his album over the last few days, and it's just been blowing me away. And when I found out that Dave himself is in his early 20s, but you listen to the words and the lyrics of his songs. And what I really like about Dave is, although he is, um, you know, in, in, like in, a, in a sector of the music industry, you know, which is rap, which uh, can, you know, sometimes uh, be quite charged, like he uses that platform and medium to talk about things like the fact that he suffers from anxiety things that he, you know, this idea of social media and how dangerous it can be. And he's using this platform and the audience access that he has to, to remove the stigma around some, some really critical things that young people are facing today. Um, so yeah, Dave, Dave is my number one right now. He's, uh, if I, you know, if I open my Spotify list right now, it's all Dave, Dave, Dave. No, that's amazing. I've listened to Dave's amazing album, actually, and he's absolutely brilliant. You know, so as everyone knows, he's a Brit Award winner. Also, he's recently collaborated with um, Stormzy as well, who's done some amazing things for mentoring of young people. So, Fahim, I'd like to say thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for appearing on our live show. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I will leave the final words for yourself. Is there any final words you have for the listeners? Yeah, just uh, thank you everyone for listening. And as, as Joe says, uh, you know, we're doing some great work with some young people in East London. Um, so if you'd like to get involved, please check us out on Instagram at Future Leaders UK or Twitter at Future Leaders P. Um, if you'd like to get involved with mentoring, we work with 225 young people across six East London boroughs. Um, we're constantly looking for mentors or people who'd like to come on and share their story and empower our young people. So if that's of interest, if you want to dip your toe into the mentoring world and just come and deliver one session and share your journey, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so our email address is contact at futureleadersprogram.org.uk or do reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and we look forward to hearing from you. And last thing from me, Joe, is just a thank you to you. You know, I've had the pleasure of working with you at Woodbridge for many years. I have seen firsthand the work that you have done, the mentoring work that you have done, especially your work around STEM and engaging minority communities and, and the impact that that's had. So it's great to see you do this radio show and reach out to even a larger audience because the work you're doing is fantastic. So thank you for being such a great leader. Thank you, Fame. You're wish you a fantastic day and a fantastic afternoon. Thank you for appearing on today's show. Thank you, Joe. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Take care. Right. So I'd like to just summarize um, to all of you that thank you for listening to today's amazing show. Now, I want to give a massive shout out to my guests today, to James Adu and Fahim Khan for appearing on today's show. You are absolutely wonderful, amazing people, and young people are very lucky to have you in your roles as coaches and mentors.
I'd like to thank all the amazing staff at Woodbridge High School who've obviously supported me, you know, with messages of support and listening today and show and listening back. I'd like to thank all the amazing colleagues at Teachers Talk Radio who have given me the opportunity to be a host on Teachers Talk Radio. Without you, I wouldn't be here. And finally, I'd like to thank all of you, the listeners, for tuning into today's show. I wouldn't be here without your support week in, week out. So thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. And have an awesome week. You're brilliant. You're amazing. I'm very privileged to be your host in today's show. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.